So welcome everyone to the podcast. This is another episode uh, of the Canadian Perspective. Derek's not here, and we've got some stories today. We've got not too crazy, but but at least hey, we're bringing it back to Canada again. So we got uh, the Conservatives in a big surprise upset. Vote out Aaron O'Toole as the leadership um, for leadership. Uh, position and so they're gonna have to find a new candidate and and uh i'll discuss that uh ottawa the mayor of ottawa has declared a state of emergency dealing with these uh these hogs these trucker hogs anti-vaxxers they're shutting down the whole city and uh they've had enough and and there's plenty to discuss there and also just briefly uh facebook or, or Meta, wherever the hell they, they want to call their business now, is basically tanked like $240 billion. They lost <laughs> in one day, something ridiculous like that. So they're not doing too well. Uh, so those are the stories we'll cover. We may do uh, something with the Olympics. I don't know. It, who gives a shit about the Olympics? China, there may be some cheating, may not be some cheating. Eh. Uh, who cares right so getting into it the conservative party of canada has decided in a vote on february 2nd to remove aaron o'toole that was 72 members of the conservative caucus voted to kick him out and only 45 voted to keep um so that is quite uh so it wasn't slim right it wasn't a nail biter that was uh it's a it's a large majority of the caucus and so he was only leader what in 2020 so that's a pretty high turnover right two years that's it like this it seems like what he's like michael Gnatiev. like he wasn't that bad but uh you know of course this is from the view of somebody who who severely dislikes the conservatives but anyways o'toole and his uh, his bald ass head have been sent out the door uh, and he was known, uh, at least his tenure, anybody who looks back at his tenure, I don't know why you would, but uh, somehow moving the conservatives closer to the center. I mean, at least that's what publications were saying. I mean, if you notice his positions on on gays and his uh, his attempt to include the uh, uh, climate change or doing something about it in the uh, conservative platform. Um, when a majority of his party did not want to, uh, did not want to put that in their platform. In fact, they voted to not do so. Um, I guess he was trying or attempting to move them to the center, but, uh, clearly it wasn't good enough or just the liberals were too strong, you know? But anyways, he's taken the fall for those losses. And so far he's been replaced by quite interesting, Candace Bergen, the, Member of Parliament for Portage Lisgar here in Manitoba. Uh, Candace Bergen, also one of the conservatives who voted against banning uh, forced conversion therapy centers or just conversion therapy clinics, right? People forcibly sending their kids to a conversion therapy clinic. Now that's illegal. Well, she was one of the conservatives who voted to not make it illegal, if you get what I'm saying. But yes. So, that shows you kind of where the party's at. 
But currently, there is no date set for the next leadership convention, and it's likely that, in my opinion, it's likely that Peter McKay, who we saw run for the conservative leadership last time, and nearly won, I think it went to either the second or third round of voting. Let me check that out here. Uh... Yes, it went to the third round of voting between Aaron O'Toole and Peter McKay, and it ended up with Aaron O'Toole receiving 19... How do you get point... How do you get a decimal of a vote? The fuck? Oh, points. Okay, I don't know. They got some dumb point system. Anyways, basically, Aaron O'Toole got 19,000 points. Peter McKay got 14,500 points. 57% to 42%. Okay, pretty decent pretty close so it's likely we'll see him again peter mckay is a politician who's known for being sort of a conservative-ish i mean sorry i think he was a progressive conservative or at least that's the stances he takes are on on social issues the conservatives need to dump the old school approach right when it came to like gay marriage when it came to um abortion and stuff like that they have to be more chill and more progressive like with the rest of canada and just go with what the opinion polls are which is a smart move um and then when it comes to his and then his other views are basically just like standard conservative shit but yeah that's likely who you'll see and then somebody else is in the news recently who was it uh this guy named pierre polyver polyver <laughs> oh no french people now he'd be running for a seat um, I don't know who he is. So, okay, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, since the election, the uh, the big nothing election, where literally nothing occurred, uh, nothing interesting happened, nothing changed. Um, it was a big waste of money. Since that election, uh, the conservatives have largely been neck and neck with the liberals in the polls. Liberals usually slightly leading. Um, so I don't know if this is going to really have that big of a change goes. I think that if they introduce somebody like Peter McKay, that probably won't be as beneficial to the party because on one hand you have people, you know, the old school, like who hate gays and shit. And then you got the people who don't hate gays, but are like sort of more... <clears throat> conservative economically they're probably already voting liberal anyways but i don't know i guess it's a way for them to trounce on their territory and what the progressive or what was it the people's party of canada they have like not much leverage they have zero seats and so it's not like the conservatives can go anywhere really substantial um but you know i think i think if peter mckay does win then you might see some trouble I think he's the kind of guy who could take down Trudeau, you know, the way he speaks and, you know, his positions on being, oh, yeah, you know, uh, just as I described before, his general positions on things, um, being more progressive on social issues, that can win over some of those um, liberal voters who are just vote, you know, who are flip voters, right? I think they may jump over to Peter McKay's side. However, with the recent anti-immigration push that came with this whole, like, truckers rally, you know, brought in United States politics a little bit into Canada, like a pipe in a septic tank bursting, a whole bunch of putrid garbage introduced into, um, I guess, introduced into Canada. Um, 
if you look at how that GoFundMe, but anyway, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I think Aaron O'Toole kind of did the best that he could. You know, it was him versus the newer guard of the party. And, you know, it just didn't work out. And, and it appears that, uh, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing else to say here that we can really say. Justin Trudeau kind of has lost his luster, right, that he had in his first two runs, or at least very prominent in his first run for um, prime minister. But, uh, but you know, as each election kind of went on, he kind of has lost his luster, the pretty boy aspect, his young uh, aspect, which I think is stupid to vote for somebody just because they look nice or because of uh, they speak in a, a very eloquent way. And, oh, yes, you know, I want to wish Canadians a happy Easter. And everybody should know that me and my wife and my kids, we have a great time out in the cabbage at the cottage. They may see some more challenge in the future. But yeah, moving on with that, we have the current situation in Ottawa. The unbelievable, ridiculous situation that's going on there. As we mentioned before, with the truckers' convoy for freedom, as it turned into freedom from vaccinations, freedom from drunk driving laws, or at least that's how it seems. Um, so basically, the mayor of Ottawa, Jim Henson, he has declared a state of emergency, and this occurred on the 7th, that was yesterday, basically because the protesters have gridlocked the entire city, specifically the city center, and it might be, I mean, the fact that it's basically vehicle-based, right, this whole protest, or at least that's what uh, a principal part of it was. Uh, that's not very helpful when it comes to a traffic congestion. And you have a whole bunch of these giant big rigs coming into the center of your town. Yeah, that's going to block up a lot of shit. Okay? I, we should have this law. There's a law in Germany that around certain hours of the day, I think it's rush hour, there are no semis allowed in the city. They have to go around it. That's a very good law, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so unless if you're delivering some shit in the city, you cannot go through it or some something like that it might even be more strict than that who knows but yeah they've gridlocked the whole city and apparently they're being assholes all right behaving quote insensitively continuously blaring horns and sirens setting off fireworks turning into a party oh, he said and clearly we are outnumbered and we are losing this battle this has to be reversed Okay, dude, like, what was it in Quebec when they had uh, a Black Lives Matter protest after the, the wave of those, you know, following George Floyd's, Floyd's murder? Uh, they brought out the fucking tear gas and shit. <laughs> they beat the fuck out of people. And now, like, what? They're like a shitload of hogs at the center of a city with semi-trucks and the police? Hands off. Hands off. We're not gonna touch them. No, we gotta let them have their fun. It's kind of uh, some duality there. Um, I love that they're just being assholes. <laughs> it's like a fucking whiteout party every night because they don't want to get vaccinated. Isn't that great? State of emergency gives the city additional powers around procurement and how it delivers services, which could help it purchase equipment required by frontline workers and first responders. I don't think that's why they're, they're 
they're enacting the state of emergency. I think they're doing it because they want to put in some curfews and they want to have some cops come in and break shit up. So the police in Ottawa, this is where things get a little weird, have announced that anyone attempting to bring support to the blockade, including gasoline, could be arrested. Quote, overnight, demonstrators exhibited extremely disruptive and unlawful behavior, which presented risks to public safety and unacceptable distress for Ottawa residents. And now they just like they've begun confiscating like all fuel, like any fuel, like canisters that they jerry cans they see, they fucking go in and they take that shit. Now things are starting to get a little weird. Like my opinion on this has started to. Like, yeah, I hate them, okay? I, largely, I hate them. Like, their whole purpose of this protest uh, for, from the get-go was stupid, right? Anti-vax or anti-lockdown uh, demonstrations or anti-lockdown laws. We need those to, like, not die, okay? So the virus doesn't just rip through everybody. And then, it, of course, it got even dumber when it spread over to other topics. Like, oh, just, we just fucking hate you, oh, fuck that guy, oh, yeah. And... But even though that's the case, the fucking police coming in there and just like arresting people and and confiscating fuel and attempting in every single way to break up this protest. I mean, didn't we have like by law, we have the right to protest and protesting by its nature is supposed to disrupt power. Right. But when you're protesting is, uh, you know, oh, it's too disruptive. Then the cops come in and shut it down. Well, then you don't have the fucking then you don't have the freedom to protest. Right. If your protest is just too disruptive, then, you know, and I also don't like the idea of, oh, you have to get the right permits in order to stage a protest that you need approval from the power that you are attempting to disrupt with your protest. You need approval from them. That kind of disregards <laughs> the whole point of the protest, right? So I think everybody should be able to uh to go out and protest and uh and wreak havoc for whatever uh reason that they have and even if it's an absolutely stupid one, uh but there should be counter protesters there who are ready to push back when it comes to these issues, you know, shouting some people's faces. But unfortunately, there's no there's no counter protest. Why? Because we have no organized left in this country. In this country, the left, other than the NDP, you know, politically in power. But when it comes to grassroots protesting and everything, longevity wise, we got nothing. We got nothing. It's all right wingers. And now with this whole freedom thing, people are uh, this whole truck freedom convoy. I'm sure a lot of those right wingers are making a lot more connections and you might see more concentrated, more organized protests like this in the future. And the left has got nothing. We've got no like democratic socialists. We've got no fucking uh, like anarchistic type of groups. We got no communistic types of groups or even they don't even need to have that name. Just, you know, the general idea, you know, workers' power, nothing like that uh, to face off against them. And, but aside from that, if you go out and protest, right, you should have the right to do that. The fact that the state now is because you're being, oh, you're just annoying us a little too much, okay? You're shouting at people a little too much. Now we have to shut you down. Now we're going to start really breaking it up. Okay, dude, like, what the fuck is the point of this, of, like, having the freedom of fucking speech and protesting, right?
But, uh, I mean, that's expected, though, if you're trying to, uh, if you're against the state and you're trying to make a point. Uh, but the thing is, is that these hogs have never experienced any strife from the state in their life. Majority of them, almost guarantee you. They, they are not legitimate victims in any way. Except what, they have to put a fucking mask on for two seconds when they go into a restaurant. Like, stop being a bitch. Okay, I thought that was the, what was that with the conservatives and their whole fucking uh, Chad thing, right? It was like, oh yeah, dude, it's a Chad. And oh, if you're a leftist man, if you want to fucking uh, have welfare programs for people who are poor, then you're a uh, then you're a beta dog, dude. And you can't even, and you're crying over having to wear a fucking mask for ten seconds, okay? Like, shut your fucking mouth. Furries dress in fucking hot fur-covered suits. And fuck each other. And they're fine. And you can't put a thin fucking medical mask on your face to go into the drugstore. So you're admitting, everybody at this protest has admitted that furries are stronger than they are. Okay? That's what they're doing. And, and hey, more power to them. More power to furry, the furry community. <laughs> right? But I don't know, man. I don't, well, I do know, I do not like the police coming in and fucking clearing people out and shit like that. Now, there are some, you know, some things like, you know, the protests were setting off fireworks in the grounds of the National War Memorial late on Friday. Okay, that's kind of, mm, don't know what the fuck you're doing there. Of course, hilarious again, conservatives sticking it once again to veterans like they always do, like Stephen Harper did when he uh, did not increase funding or he cut funding for the veterans affairs program you know after veterans come home and shit yeah conservatives did that lovely we'll send you overseas to traumatize you with the warfare and shit like that that has nothing to do with our country then when you get back home we're not going to take care of you either so that's uh that's a conservative way now one of the reasons too is that arson has happened at a recent residential building now nobody has convict been convicted yet so we we're not sure if it's like member of this trucker protest but that did happen in the area so residents may be feeling a little unsafe um and anybody you know anybody who's saying that the trucker protest is like for a majority of truckers it's not okay there's only like what 200 300 in the city right now and teamsters union teamsters is like a, a truck union or whatever they I released a statement where they said, oh, the real threat for truckers is uh, COVID-19, and they represent over 55,000 truckers. So, you know, it's like a fucking small majority, a, sorry, a small minority of truckers who are at this protest, who are psychos, and I don't know, it's like, bro, if you really wanted to vote them out or get rid of Trudeau, you could have done that in the, in the big nothing face election that happened not too long ago, but you didn't do that. So, that was your chance, buddy. Anyways, yeah. And then moving on to the final topic, we got Meta, or Facebook, whatever the hell they want to call themselves. They have lost $240 billion, which was the biggest one-day crash in the stock market. This happened on Thursday, so on the 3rd of February, which is lovely. And that was after their quarterly earnings report 
and they showed that their user base is actually getting smaller with the first time that it's done that. Usually, you know, the user base is getting larger and larger. Well, nobody goes on Facebook anymore, okay? I don't go on Facebook anymore. Anybody who does now is, like, usually over 40 um, or 35. And that's why you see a lot of these fucking QAnon people uh, on that platform. Uh, their shares have declined some 26%. The company stock has lost about $230 billion in market value since Wednesday's close, which stands the biggest wipeout in market value for any U.S. company. Facebook's parent company, Meta, met revenue expectations but missed EPS projections in its Q4 earnings on Wednesday. Okay, they missed the annual earnings per share that people had forecasted them to get in the quarterly report. Okay, and then stock market explodes? All right, like, what the fuck? Social Giant's quarterly revenue came in at $33.67 billion, meeting analyst expectations of $33.41. But apparently that wasn't enough. I don't know, dude. Fucking stock market's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, yeah, they lost a lot of money. Uh, you see what they're trying to do with their whole what, not VR chat? <laughs> they're like 2005 version of VR, where it's just these like terrible looking avatars in these really like bland settings. And it's like, dude, come on. This is like old shit. This is like fucking 2013 levels of, you know, virtual reality. Like the first attempts. You know, you can get a thing for free on Steam. It's called VR Chat. It's literally free. And you can go into it even without VR. And Meta's coming out here with some garbage. <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do, man. I don't know. Lizard Boy. Oh boy, Lizard Boy Zuckerberg. He's dropping the ball again. Something else to point out about the trucker protests, too, is that they've been getting a shitload of money, especially through GoFundMe before it was confiscated. Uh, they've been getting a lot, like $500,000 raised by them. And if you see, there's a huge amount of United States involvement in this. The United States politicians, United States um, businessmen, and like the right-wing media aspects and everything. So there's some interesting things that could be happening where, like, this could be foreign intervention in some ways, where, you know, they're astroturf to a certain degree, right? Because they actually have the money and the resources to do that, to pay a shitload of people to show up. So there could be some aspect of that. I'm not quite sure. But it seems like, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some smoke there. <clears throat> but other than that... That's really all the stories I had today. It's a very, very short one. 27 minutes, probably even less than that. But, uh, whatever. I mean, who cares? And, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Remember to rate it five stars. Download it. You know, watch the video if you want to. I don't know. And, uh, and yeah, that was Canadian Perspective. Signing off. Goodbye. Goodbye.